everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Iris Global Green Room Quarantine Edition. And uh, I got a I got a stellar one for you guys today. I want all you moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, even some of you younger ones, but definitely moms, dads, you're not going to want to miss this one. I have a good friend, uh, Stephen Robertson, uh, on today's episode, and he is a leader. Uh, a, a forward thinker with uh, the younger generation, Gen Z in particular. Um, he, I have been leaning on his wisdom for years, uh, not just for my own kids, but but uh, as he as he shares and teaches around the world uh, and gives his opinion on where things are at with the younger generation, how to reach them, how to uh, yeah, how to engage with them, and some of the pitfalls that the younger generations are going through right now. And so specifically to you guys with kids, just, just take a minute. You're going to love uh, your time with, with Steven and, and, and listening. Cause I think you're going to get some gems uh, on how to parent and how to navigate uh, your children through the, the, the world right now, which has changed drastically, not just with COVID, but just drastically over the last 20 years, such a shift with technology. So uh, I want to introduce you guys to my friend. Well, you're, you've already seen him, uh, Stephen Robertson. You're out in Pennsylvania. How's life treating you in PA? Well, I was hoping we, we were going to be able to do this thing in person, right? Yeah. Out there in the studio. Oh, but yeah. This is not bad, right? And this is what life is like. Beautiful day in Pennsylvania. Thrilled to be on with you, Will. Come on. Well, I'm super excited to have you here. So let, I want to dig right into this because I know this. That we could do this for hours <laughs> uh, but I want to just get right on in. You, you have, yeah, you've been a leader in uh, in in studying and putting out articles on the younger generations. What do you feel right now is something that y- you want people to know uh, where kids' heads are at, where their hearts are at right now, and how can we reach them? Uh, yeah, in the middle of this COVID crisis. Wow. So deep end, right? That's where we're beginning. Let's I go. Like just that. go right for it. No, no warm up. So this yeah. is a fatherless generation, and um, it's a frightening thing how we come to the space, especially in the spiritual realm of them being fatherless. This generation, and of course, they're not all fatherless. A friend of mine, Brian March, who you know, talks about them being a fatherless generation, and it really resonates with me as I see and study and just spend time around them. But this time of being isolated in our homes, um, it in so many ways has brought us to a place where everything is exacerbated, exaggerated, right? So if you are living in a fatherless way, defining your own identity, and you're stuck at home for two months with your family, things are not going to improve. In fact, they're going to go the other direction. And if uh, on the other side of that coin, I guess what you're looking at is that families that are at home have a chance to connect and find each other. And I think what we've seen, this technology we're using right now, um, is going to make it really hard for parents to get a handle of what's going on. And it's even going to make it hard for them to connect. And so when I look at this generation, um, and I am a fan, as you know, alpha generation, the younger ones from zero to 10, and then Gen Z, 10 to 24, roughly now, um, I'm a huge fan, so creative, so innovative, so amazing. But from a a spiritual perspective, um, I'm just so frightened on a lot of it. Frightened might be the wrong word. I'm just concerned on a lot of levels. Um, and this whole fatherless thing um, has got to do with, with 
influence, right? Mm -hmm. How are you able mm -hmm. to influence your children? And, and more importantly, are they going to allow you to influence them? And so this COVID-19 thing has in so many ways made us more reliant on technology. And it's, it's what it's done is it's okayed the use of this kind of technology on a global scale. There's no other way to make this happen like overnight. You always have the naysayers and the, well, this is just made, well, we can have meetings from home. We don't need to be in person. And, you know, already this generation, it's so interesting, uh, well, they are spending 40% prior to this less in-person face time with friends in the generation that came before them. This just gone through the roof. Yeah. So my daughter's, yeah. my daughter's home. Um, She's working from home, and she can literally be working the entire day, and I never see her. And is she working the whole day? I don't know, yes or no, but the point is that um, this technology has given them the ability to insulate and isolate, which it always has. That's right. this perfect right. storm. We always talk about this generation going through why they aliens. Uh, that's my book's name. I'm not calling them aliens. Aliens among us. We have aliens among us. That's a true thing. But the reason they're aliens is this technology has changed them. And this whole COVID thing, and I'm sure you've seen the same thing, has just um, it's continued to isolate and insulate. Um, the depression and suicide and anxiety has gone up immensely. Um, we, we haven't seen the data yet, but we're hearing it being reported. And the data will follow soon. Uh, soon. And so how we position ourselves as parents, this is what this conversation has got to be about. What do we need to know as parents and where do we go from here? So in your research, and you've been doing this for years, um, in your research, what are some of the, what are some of the biggest pitfalls, uh, that parents can look for? What are some of the biggest, yeah, concerns that, that you have right now with, with technology and, and how can we, how can we stem them? Yeah. Again, huge question. So <laughs> I, I think there are a couple of thoughts. Maybe we can just unpack a little bit. The first thing, um, that we have to realize is depending a little bit on the age of the child, your sphere of influence is dramatically different. And so as soon as the you get to the teenage years, your ability to influence them at that point is really much less than you imagine. And I say than you imagine because parents think they can, can control their children and they truly can't. There's a guy in our area, his name is Bruce Tolgan. He speaks about um, that there's an epidemic of under-management in the workplace. And that's so true, right? Managers basically only check in with you when they want to find out whether you've done what you're supposed to have done, and then they tell you it's wrong, as opposed to kind of walking along the journey with you. Well, that's changing. That's changing already, and it's certainly changing in, in the house. So what I'm suggesting is that that same epidemic of under-management in the workplace is what's going on in the home. So we are generally parents that are hands off. If you need something, tell me, but basically I'm busy and they don't say this and they may not even mean this, but their actions speak it. Just do what you need to do and give me space to do what I need to do. Right. I've got like so much going on. <laughs> you're right. speaking, you're speaking my, my uh, parenting style. Thank you, Stephen. Right. And so it's, well, in your case, it's not that it's bad, but we could probably improve it a little bit. Yeah. But for the rest of you, it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> so the, the, the thing is really this, is that we're, we're in this coaching mentality, and coaching is about what you do. What we really need to be in is this mentoring mentality, and mentoring is about who you are, right? And so they don't need coaches anymore, and this is kind of just going back a little bit as well. They don't need coaches anymore because literally everything is available online. They learn how to do everything online, homework, you name it, cook. My son's busy making a leather, who you just spoke to, he's just busy making a leather wallet. 
Why? Because he can. And, right. and that's a thing for him. And so what we realize is that we're still bringing in the whole industrial revolution style of management leading um, to this generation that most people don't realize are aliens. And when you realize that they're aliens because of this perfect storm that's changed the way they engage with each other in the world, right, then you look at them differently. And then you get a motivation, then you're motivated to engage with them differently. And the reason you engage with them differently is so that you can influence them well. So as a parent, the first thing I think, the biggest aha moment when I, whenever I speak is people like, I never knew. I just yeah. thought there were teenagers yeah. going through a phase. Well, there are teenagers going through a phase, but there are alien teenagers going through a phase. So we write it off to, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll be okay. And they will. The question is, how important is legacy to them? And that's this whole fatherless generation thing, is that they are not positioned well to receive coaching from generations that came before them yet, because they are peer-to-peer connected. Right. They're getting their guidance, their engagement, their influence, their information from their peers. And as a parent or an older generation, they, your information is somewhat like, eh, you don't know, right? So We've got to win them over, and that's where we talk about this eight-second filter and curation. But the, the 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 key for parents, first and foremost, is to just get a sense of, like, I can't look at my child like my child. I've got to look at them as this human that I have the opportunity to influence and guide. And how am I going to be able to do that? So if you get to that point, whether it's at home or in the workplace, now you're in a place where you can truly make a difference, in my opinion. Does that help? Did that answer Yeah, no, it's great. I think okay. so, I you know – you. you we we've chatted about this before, mm. you know, the whole alien idea. I love that. I love that phrase phraseology. I think so. I think a lot of believers that are watching this, we, we tend to keep our kids away from technology. Some do, I think maybe uh, the, the, maybe the generation's a little bit earlier, but there's a fear of it. There's, there's this, you know, we don't want to let outside influence in. But we also know that that technology is part. Look at everything that we're doing right now, especially with this COVID. Working from home, it's technology. Connecting with family and friends, it's been over technology. It hasn't been face to face. So there is this great, there's this great blessing in technology, and it's necessary. But how, can you talk to somebody that's maybe like, hey, I don't want my kids influence. I, I keep a tight rein on this stuff. Um, do you think that's wisdom? Do you think that we need to let them engage in it? Like, where's the line for maybe like a Christian parent that's trying to trying to hold back and be really faithful with maintaining that relationship with their kids? Because when I speak to a lot of my friends with younger kids, they're they're being very intentional and they're also withhold like holding back. So because they don't want to lose they don't want to lose that connection point. Does that make sense? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm. No, it totally makes sense. And, and, and unfortunately, I'm heavily biased here, so you know that already. Go for it. Um, the reality is this: the re- not every, in not in every instance, but often, the reason we have that strong grip in place is because it's just an easier style to manage. It's just easier to guide somebody when you have full control, right? The reality is is that if we want to future-proof our children, if you do that, you have just taken them back a generation. So, in order to future-proof your child, that means giving them the skills that they need today to be successful tomorrow. If you take technology out of that equation, you have just undermined that entire process. Now, what it means is as a parent, even as a leader in the business space, 
what you have to do is you've got to be deliberate and you've got to take responsibility for what that journey looks like. And that takes effort and mm. energy. That's why I'm telling you about under this epidemic of under-management is so real. So for us to now as parents get back into the driver's seat and help that process, not manipulation, to journey with them, it takes an immense amount of effort. So it's much easier to say no, right? Mm -hmm. The problem is what you're setting your child up to do is go behind your back and do what they need to do anyway because their connection with their peers is paramount. You know that. Yeah. Every yeah. generation when you're at that age, your peer connection is everything. So you setting them up to at some point disappoint you by going behind your back and doing this thing. Or they're being set up to be the only child in the class and or in the peer group that isn't, doesn't, can't. <laughs> and while some parents would say that's okay, um, and I'm not suggesting it, well, look, I am suggesting it's not. It, you've got to take ownership. The issue is not technology. It's the issue is how you're parenting through this process. And so for, for, for me, if you're going to prepare them for tomorrow and they don't have access and the ability to navigate technology well, they are way behind. We're talking about the thing. This is what parents need to understand. Don't worry about technology. Let technology do what it's there to do. Okay, you've got to monitor your child. You've got to make sure that your child is emotionally happy and you've got to figure out how to get into their curated stream, which means they allow you in so that you can be someone who speaks into their life. Because then you can say, hey, you're looking a little bit down, you know, all those things. The, the reality is most parents shouldn't be worrying about that. They should be focusing on three things. These aren't the only three things, but these are three things they should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. We call it the invisible curriculum because it's a curriculum that we do in all of our summer programming, but it's something that's real in every life. And those are three soft skills, three of the soft skills. And I can tell you now that Gen Z says uh, more than 40% of them realize they need skills. More than 70% of them understand that in the soft skills space, they are really weak. Mm -hmm. They confess that. All right. So if you really want to win your kid over, it's not about telling them to get on or off technology. It's not trying to teach them technology because they know it. Right. It's about giving them skills that are going to help them tomorrow. And those soft skills are things like resilience and grit. That's the first one. Mm -hmm. Communication is huge and problem solving. So those are three of the, the set that we really focus on. So that's how you begin something which is called finding mutual and common ground. So I find mutual and common ground with my son. Um, in any way. So I find it by doing something that like he's making a leather wallet. He's never made one. I've never made one. My interest in that journey is awesome. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, I always am trying to leverage this curriculum of growing them, him in those three areas or my daughter in those three areas. And it's invisible for a reason. You don't sit down at the dinner table and say, now I'm going to teach you how to communicate. Because right. communication is not just speaking. It's listening. It's communicating digitally. 35% of the communication is digital. So the journey for a parent is this. More than close to 50% of Gen Z follow at least 10 influences. Gen Z spends, this is bizarre, more than 10 hours online consuming content a day. Right now, if you aren't going to figure out how to become an influencer in your child's life, you will never influence them. And believe me, there's a line as long as you and I can imagine of people waiting to influence them who are much cooler than you and I, maybe than me, not than you. And so, so the, the conversation is, is important. You've got to understand 
the journey you have to go through to win your own child over. And mm. then you can start to influence them. And once you get a little bit of a space in the conversation, then you can start talking about, hey, let's talk about how much time you spend online. You see, it comes, it's okay to have that conversation when you're in a relationship. And just being a mom or dad is not relationship enough. Right. Not happy, but it's not. That makes sense? Yeah, no, it, it totally does. I so we we're we're pretty tight rein. We've loosened up but last this this Christmas we decided to uh, get the kids cell phones and they were like some, some of the last in their class. And I was, ha- I was like fine with that. Um, in, in one, in one sense, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hunter, so I would never hand my child, right. A gun, right. Without training, without equipping, without, yeah, without an understanding and walking alongside of them. I, I, I kind of looked at a cell phone as, as, the potential of doing massive damage. It also has the potential of doing great things. So it was a long, hard conversation that my wife and I had. Finally, we, we did it, but we, we set up a bunch of boundaries. Like can't have it in your room. You know, uh, it's, you know, you charge it out in the, in the living room at night. Um, you know, we set all these parameters up and I actually, I made them sign a contract, uh, as well, you know, like, knowing we set some rules down you can't uh, you can't send pictures of anybody or you know you can't hurt anybody like i forget what the whole thing was but it was almost like a two three page contract of of the rules and and i and i set that down as a boundary ahead of time and and as certain things have come up because they're kids they're going to learn they're going to push boundaries but as those things have come up it's opened up a lot of great conversation regarding purity, regarding um, your eyes, you know, just all of this, all of this stuff. But one of the things that I've been proud of, at least my children, been proud of my children is that when something does happen, they come to us because stuff happens, right? You have, you have the world on your, on your hand, in your hand. And so I, I've watched them come, come to us immediately. Mm-hmm. And so it's, and that has opened up uh, doorways for conversation to what is holiness, what is purity, what's, what's, what does it look like to have good language? There's the thing that I'm tackling with my son right now is the whole language thing uh, on, on YouTube and even in movies and shows that it seems like you can't watch almost anything without there being a language aspect in it. And, and it's opened up a lot of those conversations. So I love, I love the open door. But I, I, what I also have noticed is it takes a lot of time. And I have to become just as aware of the technology, almost more aware than they are. I, I don't know. Like, I have had to invest in what is stuff that they're interested in. Like, I spent hours researching TikTok just because I wanted to make sure that what my daughter was watching was going to be good. So, like, I've had to invest a lot of time into that. And, man, it's exhausting because it changes. It seems to change every day. Um, right. how, how You know, like, do you – would you suggest that parents – you know, in invest in learning all this stuff, it seems like a little bit of an overwhelming task for most people. Yeah. So let me first just say good, good job in terms of how you navigating that with your kids. And that's the whole point is if you are able to navigate it in the way that you have, um, the opportunities are just spectacular. Not only for you guys in terms of relationship, but for you to grow with them, for you to see that creativity. And it just, it's, it's a spectacular place to be. Yes, it takes deliberate commitment. It takes ongoing commitment. And 
Uh, it's a little harder if your kids are older and they're already in those patterns and you didn't put those ground rules mm -hmm. in place, but I want you to know that it doesn't mean it's, it's too late, right? And um, so, so as far as um, I think about this, the, what you just mentioned now will, has got to do with this constant update, constant. So this generation is the first generation who have not ever lived in a time where there isn't a, a brand new, new update version 2.0 available 24-7. If I turn on my phone right now, where is it? I guarantee you that I am going to have updates in my app. And I'm quickly going to up show you. There yeah. you go. The red dot, I've got updates mm -hmm. in my app. Uh, app updates. So think about what this has done. They have always lived at a place where they're always becoming. They have never actually arrived. Like we arrived when we got our driver's license. We arrived when we got our right. phone, television, not a cell phone. And, and their life is always moving and then pivoting, moving and pivoting. It's always where's the new new? Who's the new identity that I'm going to assume? They're struggling to find identity part of the fatherless thing. And so you think that um, they've only ever lived in that space. And there's often – there's a gentleman visiting us a, a month or two ago from, from Brazil chatting a younger guy stayed with us a couple of nights and and whatever and he starts to share with me about just some anxiety that he has and when i heard him talk about that i i was unpacking this always becoming and he said to me steve you know what i think i realized maybe i'm not anxious maybe it's just this constant feeling like i need to be somewhere that's causing me that feel like i've got anxiety and you know it's kind of like one day you one night one one morning you wake up and you just got a new pair of shoes or a car or something and you're all excited and you wake up and you're all like oh i'm excited what is it what is it what is it? i do this all the time like i'm so excited what am i excited about what am i and then i'm like oh i got a new pair of shoes i can't wait to wear them okay but you also had the time where you wake up and you're like oh i got this feeling of dread what is it oh i've got this tough meeting today oh i'm not looking forward to that right they are living in this feeling of dread is real for them almost all the time, right? Because they are always having to reinvent themselves. They're always having to live up to get an update, always be new. Now you look at, so now you understand them a little bit better, right? Because mm -hmm. wow, what a mm -hmm. space to live in. Then you, to answer your question, you say, well, how do I as a parent keep up? They can't even keep up. I mean, nobody can. Yeah. That's why we yeah. have this thing called an eight second filter, where we have to filter out life and people just to get by. And so it's almost impossible. But the point is, it's what is your attitude to this journey? Is your attitude, I will take one step at a time and I will get closer one step at a time? Or is this like, this is just too overwhelming. It's like drinking from a fire hydrant. I can't do it. And so to answer your question, you have to take a step at a time. Um, we are all going to have to live with this technology. So whether you understand it now or not, whether it's this version of TikTok and the next version, it doesn't matter. If you aren't positioning yourself to be involved with technology in a way that um, is increasing, you're going to become a dinosaur obsolete really, really quickly. And that's a really harsh thing to say, but it's a real reality. Until we have an electromagnetic pulse that knocks everything out and we farm and hunt for a living. Technology is just growing and growing. My yeah. car, yeah. my refrigerator, my cell phone, my my lights and everything, everything is, is. So you have to figure out how to keep up. And technology, let me just tell you, is just a small part of a conversation. It feels like it's everything, but it's not. It's just the beginning of a conversation. 
What you really need to do is figure out how to get the relationship part of these things going. And that's how you've got to figure out, uh, sorry, that's part of the journey of figuring out how to win your own children over, to get permission to influence their lives. And when you get that, what's so cool, when they allow you into their lives in that way, and you've seen it, mm-hmm. then they start to accept the legacy knowledge and information and wisdom that you have. Before that, they don't, because they don't realize they're missing it yet. They just think of us as older people that have no clue. Once you get the chance to mentor into their lives and, and be the, we call, I call it a relationship GPS, a guide positioned by the side. So you guide by the side as opposed to being the, you know, the sage of the right. sage and the right. answers. Now, now you start to win them over. And then you'll see technology just happens to be the core focus. It truly isn't the whole conversation because they don't see technology as this big thing. They just see it as a tool that they use in their lives. We're the ones that are like, oh, how do I navigate all this technology? For them, it's just a tool, like a car. Right. Sorry, sorry, I spoke a lot. No, I, it's it's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I, so, like, even in the season, right? Two months we're at home. I think it's been two months. I don't even know right now, but I've watched my son teach himself how to play bass. I played bass for years. I, I was in a band. I can't play as good as he can now after uh, two months of him being you know in, at home, and he doesn't have a uh, teacher. He's just learned it all from YouTube. It's it's spectacular. Uh, I've watched I've watched my daughter just step in and start doing things and creative things that that she finds online. Even my son, my youngest son, uh, I've <laughs> actually this morning before I, I left the house, they're all sleeping. I unplugged the the computer cable, just shoved it. I hit it because like you know he's he's gotten so into a specific uh, influencer you know that does these kids yep. videos, and I'm just like. If I see another one, if I hear another one, I'm going to, uh, yeah, fly to wherever that kid leaves and force him to stop making videos that my son watches. But, but in all aspects of those, it has opened up conversation, right? So I've been able to take my son into my, my world of playing bass. Even now he's surpassed me and, 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 and sit down and watch videos with him. We want, I mean, just last night we might, we, we must've watched 20 videos very fast of different bass lines and things that would be hard to play. And, and I don't know, I never had that with my father. I didn't have that even out of my teachers, like my guitar, my guitar teacher or my bass teacher. They never even had, that. it was like, we would just do one small thing. We covered 10 things just last night. And I'm sure he's, he's off in his room practicing them today. So I see the value. I really do. There's a, there's something very, very, very fast that's taking place, even in in and not how they just consume, but how they re- reproduce it as well. And so I I found a way to connect with my children in the middle of that. Except for the youngest man, if I see another dinosaur video, Stephen, I'm gonna just legitimately, um, I'm gonna go nuts. Um, but yeah, I I think I see the value in it. I I see the opportunity in it to connect, and I think there has to be a place as parents where we humble ourselves in one sense and be like, you know what? We don't have all the answers. The way that it worked in the previous generations is different now. And we have to, we have to get on, on, on board, but at the same time, uh, be the parent, Yeah. right? Don't just, and, and I love what you said. You got to connect. All these are, are heart, heart connection places. And all of these, all of these things that might be difficult regarding technology, they are opportunities to connect. And so even today, my son and I, we play a game all day, all day long uh, that's through text. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't even know you could do it, but he texts me it. I play. It texts him. He plays. And we go back and forth all day long. So even in that, 
um, I'll come home and I'll already have, you know, two hours or an hour and a half of, of connection with him. And even if it's just smack talk, right? Like, <laughs> you know, your old man beat you again, you know, like we've still been connecting. So I actually really value that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, navigating it has been fun. I, I, I have a question for you. I, don't, I just went on a rant. I'm not, people aren't here to listen to me. They're, they're here to listen to you. So let me ask you a question. This is something I've been thinking about, um, during, during the COVID thing. Um, and that is, you know, we have a generation right now that's sitting at home. They're listening to fear on the news and, and on the, yeah, on the TV, it's everywhere that, you know, the, they're being shaped and marked right now during this time. I realize that, um, I never went through anything like this globally. You probably didn't. Like we, we didn't. There wasn't. A, there wasn't a generation. I think for what a hundred years that hasn't been through something like this worldwide. What is your insight? Like, what do you think this is going to do to those kids that they they woke up going to school one day, the next day everything was shut down. You know, they were saying they couldn't see friends. Like, what what do you think that impact will have on that younger generation? Yeah, I love that. I love that question. Um, so if I see another commercial that says the new normal, I think I might throw up, right? Because it's all about the new normal. But the truth is there is a new normal in town. Um, look, this generation, what you're talking about now is something that was studied in the 1970s. It's called Mean World Syndrome. I don't know if you've heard about it. No. But the study in the 70s was about television. And the impact television, the negative impact television had on you, the more you consumed and so primarily it was targeted around violent television at the time. But you take what you've just said now and you look at the constant stream of, of content, news, media, and this is not a knock on news or media, it's just the reality. And you see that it is so powerfully negative that um, it is hard for anybody to come through this unscathed. In other words, with an upbeat smile on your face and a spring in your step like everything's okay. Everybody's living in this space where it's just this fear. I don't want to touch this. We've got kids that don't, you know, it's, it's this weird thing. I don't want to. So um, you've got this thing happening on the, on, on the one side where we are actually prior COVID. Uh, whenever I spoke, I would show a graph that said we're living in the safest, wealthiest, and at the time healthiest time in recorded human history. I mean, by like margins you cannot imagine, <laughs> right? But yet we have never been so fearful. And so what you're starting to see is you're starting to see that um, this fear-mongering is, and I'm saying that poorly because I don't know that it's fear-mongering. This, this fe well, look, Mean World Syndrome says that this fear is irrational. This irrational fear is probably a better way to say it, um, is f forcing people to isolate and insulate more and more and more. And so when you look at that and you look at from a spiritual perspective, where does our peace come from? And a lot of it's got to do with truly identity, knowing who we are, knowing who God is, right? Um, because of this isolation, it's just becoming more and more and more difficult to be exposed to any of those kinds of influences when all the influence that you find is um, just so intense. And when you look at how Gen Z and truthfully everybody else navigates that space, when you have a chance to consume any other visual content, you tend to look for funny blooper type things. You don't go to look at the deep spiritual stuff that can refresh you. So right. you've got on one hand this fear, and then on the other hand just this 
laugh at things to bring some joy into your life. And there's this vacuum. And so how do they navigate this? If we aren't deliberate as parents, if we aren't deliberate as churches, figuring out how to reach this generation where they're at, not waiting for them to come to us. If we aren't figuring that invisible journey curriculum out, which we have to as an older generation, that's our responsibility. Um, there's a really big chance that this generation is going to be left more fearful, more isolated every day we go along. Every day they don't go to school. Every day they, they can do this more and more and more. Um, it's going to, it's truly going to grow, exacerbate that. And, and that's, that's a position of that I'm celebrating about COVID is that it's going to force those that care to take action because it's so easy to be uh, passive. You sometimes need an in God's wisdom, you know, he could use a situation like this to truly force us to behave differently. This generation is fundamentally different and we have to change our behavior fundamentally because it is still our responsibility with this generation. And so you've got to be fundamentally different, tactically different, but it starts with just a new perception of what's going on. And I think if you see um, what, we are, what we have been seeing, um, going on with this generation, and you understand what's going around in terms of just content that you can consume, it is so powerfully negative. It is almost impossible to know what is true, right? You watch the news, you read, you have a curated stream, so you only watch this channel or this channel. It is so hard to know what is really true today. And so what I I want to encourage people to remember is what you see is not more real than what is true. And what is true is that God has got a plan for this generation. Yeah. What we see is that there's chaos, right? And the chaos, while it is real, it's not more real than what is true. And what is true is we've got an opportunity to figure out how to engage with our kids. Now, I haven't given you 10 steps how to do that. I have a book available that you could joke <laughs> But um, What's the book called, just so everybody knows? It's not out yet. It's called Aliens Among Us, The Disconnected okay. Generation, End of Summer. But um, the, the point is just that it doesn't need a formula. It needs a passion. It needs some deliberate steps. So how am I going to do this? And the beauty is with your three kids, each one is a different mountain to conquer. How am I going to win this one over? How am I going to win this one over? That's why I'm a little cautious not to give you 10 steps how to do it. Finding mutual uncommon ground, something neither of you know how to do is a great way to begin. Figuring out that technology isn't the only key and figuring out other ways to do that is a great way to go. But my point was that we have such a responsibility right now, and I'm hoping that this COVID opportunity is going to make people realize, like, I have to act now. And there's some real action. It's not just I've got to act and keep them on this, off this, and then when everything opens up again, everything's back to, to normal. Because we can, we, we run the risk of losing a generation, and I don't want to be too heavy, but it is, it is heavy. It's heavy on my heart. I know it's on yours as well. And in entire generation, we could lose them um, as they try and figure out their own identity internally and their, with their peers, and we just, we're not able to speak life to them and call them into a higher destiny. And that's why this is such an important conversation in my mind. Wow. Stephen, uh, we've we've been going for a, a bit now. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, but I want to make okay. sure that just in this remaining time, is there anything that's on your heart, on your mind, anything you've been processing that you haven't yeah, shared yet, anything that you'd like to say uh, to the people watching uh, that are at home? Yeah. So uh, I, I might say something again, and I'll be, I'll be brief. Um, this generation is probably one of the most unique 
incredibly creative entrepreneurial generations we have ever encountered. And the data says that that's just not my, that's not just my opinion. We are also in the changing of an era. There is a changing of the era that is going to totally influence every generation that's come before Gen Z and it's going to impact them more slowly than Gen Z because Gen Z have only ever known this, so is Alpha only known this. Whether we like it or not, as older generations, millennials, Gen X, the, uh, the, the greatest generation, the boomers, um, if we don't start to make a change, we will be so redundant in their lives. And that will be a real pity because the thing I want you to remember is that we have an incredible legacy to pass on to this generation. Yeah. From a spiritual perspective, we have everything we've encountered you know, with the Lord to, to, to pass on to this generation. And if we don't understand that influence is a currency, and in fact it is the most important currency of the day, we won't get how important it is to get influence. And we can sit back and say, influence, influence. You have to learn how to influence. And this is not manipulate. I'll say that again. Mm -hmm. This is influence. So if I can leave you with that thought, that please understand that all the generations are becoming obsolete. They don't have to be. It's a choice you make to stay there or to continue, right? So most people are going to not choose to stay there because they'll be dragged into the new thing. Right. But right. this currency that we are trading with is influence, and you have to learn how to get influence in your own children's lives, in the children, and the, I don't want to say children because it's not just children, with Gen Z and with Alpha Generation, if you want to bring them into the church, whether that means physically into the building or to listen to you, and even as employers, you have to learn how to influence them. That influence is key, and again, third time, it's not manipulation. This is calling them into a greater destiny. So if I can encourage you to do that, I think this has been a great conversation. Come on. Well, listen, uh, Stephen, I'm so grateful for your time. I know what, what I love every time I talk with you, it just, I get more and more questions, right? Like, what would Stephen do? I, I need your advice in the situation. And I know as people are listening to this, they're going to agree. Some are going to disagree. Um, but but my hope is to open up a conversation, get your eyes not just on on you know doing the normal, but also realize that even as you're home right now, your kids technology. Of course, you're going after Jesus. Of course, you're trying to grow spiritually. But how can you grow in this currency of, of yeah, being intentional in the middle of all this and growing yourself? Uh, I, I, I know that people are going to have questions. How can people reach out to you? How, how can people connect? Um, so I love to connect with people. You know that that's one of my passions. So feel free to reach out to me. I think maybe we can put it in the in the, the notes below. Yeah. Um, I, I can put my, my email address, website, Instagram. I'm on all the channels, so you can find me there. Um, we could just maybe list it. That'll be the easier thing Fantastic. to do. And, and uh, you have stuff. You, I mean, you have your book coming out. I know you're working on other projects. I don't want to put them out there, but uh, – yeah, no. but If anybody emails me, I'll send them an e-book. Um, it's just a short e-book. It's free. Don't worry Okay. Um, that talks a little bit about screen time. So, um, yeah, they, they can connect with me. I'll share that with them. Okay. So w just in case, cause I know some people listen to this on Spotify, what's your email address? So probably the best way to get hold of me right now is Steve at J for Juliet, K for Kilo, P for Papa. JKC. Oh no, no. I said that wrong. I'm so bad. It's okay. J You're good. JKCP, J for Juliet, K for Kilo, C for Charlie, and P for Papa.com. Awesome. That probably awesome. email me. Don't, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, so email him, grab that ebook. I, I, 
just so you know, I, I know you guys, we've done a lot. We, I've been interviewing a lot of, you know, spiritual leaders, prophets, missionaries. There's a reason why I brought Steve on. Number one, I've been running with this guy for years now. In fact, the way that I met you was I was in Brazil uh, with Teofilo with Dunamis. I'm actually, boom, Dunamis, wearing the hat. Uh, I was down, a, a good friend of mine, and and I asked him, I said, I, I'm missing a generation. I'm missing connecting with a generation. And he stopped mid-conversation. He said, there's only one guy you need to connect with, called you. Uh, Teo was running uh, one of the largest <laughs> movements in Brazil. And he said, there's only one guy. Since then, I've, I've connected with you. You've been to my house. We've, you came. I had you out even for our missionaries uh, at, our, at our gathering to share on uh, social media. It was so, so, so good. Since then, I know you've gone out and done the same with other organizations, but if people want to connect, if they want to just dig deep and say, you know, hey, help me. I have this company. I have this organization. How, how can I come in? They can use that email to reach out to, to pick your brain as well. That would be amazing. And that's a passion for me. So I'd love to share what we know. And obviously in this time, I, I've, I've unpacked some big things, which we haven't become granular about. But thank you. I would love to do that if you're interested. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So I know, I know you've helped, you've helped Iris, you've helped large ministries around the globe and friends. I, I, yeah. And even, even before, before I got on the call with you, I was talking with another ministry that, that has pulled on you as well. And so, um, I love you, man. I'm so grateful for you. I'm so thankful that you take this time and, uh, please, uh, um, reach out and, and find out some more information. There's also another podcast that we did, I don't know, a couple of years ago. That's on our Iris channel as well. Um, and that'll, if you want to watch that, that'll go even further on some of the, some of the other Gen Z stuff that we talked about in the past. But I know that there's a lot of people that need to hear this. So share this, like this, share this, uh, send it to somebody who you feel needs this. And, uh, I know that God's going to use this time just to bless you, encourage you. And I, I, I know, at least first and foremost, as you guys are cultivating how to connect with your kids, just one-on-one, but also connecting with the Lord in this season, like, like Stephen said, it'll, it'll only happen as you model it. So as you model uh, uh, your love for the Lord with your kids this time and in this season, and I dare all of you parents watching this right now to break, break the molds, break your comfort, and um, grab your kids, how are you doing are, how are you feeling uh, and process with them? Just grab those moments uh, because I believe in those moments, man, you're going to go so deep with them and, 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 and win their hearts over. So yeah, bless you guys. Uh, thank you for watching this episode of yeah. the Irish Global Green Room. And thank you so much, Steve, for uh, coming on and, uh, and sharing your, your heart with us. I love you, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Dude, love you too, man. Okay, and we'll we'll see you on the next uh, Irish Global Green Room. Bless you guys.